Calvin? Where is Calvin? Where is Calvin? Where is Calvin? Nobody knows where Calvin is right now, so I'll play it again. Calvin Chamberlain, working on a different clock than everybody else. Apparently doesn't know what time it is. Oh. Well, glad you could join us. Hello, I mean, Calvin. I wouldn't be. I mean, I wouldn't be me if I wasn't late, right? I uh-huh. just really don't. I just really don't have that much time, but um, just in general. But uh, I'm here. Yeah, sorry, guys. <laughs> You just, maybe you just use your time inefficiently. I definitely use my – there's no question that I actually was lying a second ago when I said I don't have that much time. I have a ton of uh-huh. time. I, I just use it terribly inefficiently. Waste a I ton see. of time. Are you Constantly a dilly-dallier? You just, you just stand around doing nothing? Well, I ran into this girl I knew at the store, and then we started talking for an hour, and then I just barely got back. Ah, Okay. Fair enough. You, yeah. you you could have brought her on the show, you know. We, she, we we we'll take guests. Yeah, but she doesn't know much about sports, so then I mean, uh, it would have you know, it would have just been about like, oh, so how do you know Calvin? Oh, okay, that's how you sure. know. Oh, what's, what's Calvin like in his personal life? Nobody wants to hear about my personal life. That's no, well, I think a lot of people are intrigued by that, but we can get to that another time. Uh, this is Careless Whispers on CLNS Media. I haven't even said that yet, so maybe you are on time. But uh, my name is Matt Rory as well. You can call us at 323-642-1484 if you'd like to get in on this action tonight. Calvin, this is not necessarily a sports-related show tonight. We've got, uh, we've got some things to talk about that it go outside of the realm of just being sports topics. So while they are sports-related, they're being talked about in the sports world and with headlines today and this week, uh, they are bigger issues for sure. Well, how dare you? We talk about sports here. And weren't we going to pick football playoff teams? That's sports. But what's not sports about that? that huh? Yeah, that is that is sports. I didn't realize that was still on the agenda because we all know I don't give a damn. I know, Rory, but here's the, here's the problem. is, is you, you reduced your give a damn to just basketball at this point, and we just can't <laughs> – we just can't carry a show every week about just that. I know we don't do it every week anymore because we're lazy, but we can't. We just can't carry every show about basketball. And I know the like, NFL season is upon us. We're gonna we're gonna see who's gotta, gonna win. You gotta suck it up. It's gonna it's gonna be great. You, you gotta suck it up and talk a little football sometimes. Little I, I I know I know it's tough for you. 
Well, that's but, why we're going to get Colin Kaepernick on the the, uh, the agenda tonight. That's where we lead because he made some news today. He and Nike. You ever heard of them? You ever you ever heard of uh, Nike, Calvin? Uh, tell me more about this. Uh, is that a person, Nike Nike yeah. Davis? Yes. Yeah. No, Nike, the uh, the apparel company, the multi billion billion dollar apparel company that uh, was made famous by Michael Jordan back in the day, in my opinion, and has been running this slogan, just do it for 30 years, has made Colin Kaepernick the face of their slogan this year uh, during its 30-year anniversary. And boy, oh boy, the internet is quite literally ablaze. Pun intended, these people are lighting themselves on damn fire because they're protesting Nike, which has decided to throw Colin Kaepernick uh, uh, up there as the face of their uh, their slogan and of their campaign. Whew. This thing has just brought out the, the worst in people. I, I, and it, it doesn't even make any sense to me because it, it's half the time people get outraged about Colin Kaepernick, Calvin. I don't even believe that they know what he's protesting. They just assume that they know what he's protesting and they don't like it. Right, he's he's protesting America. He hates America. He's Ugh. he's an anti, he's an he's an anti-American. He's a fascist. Uh huh. Yes. Yes. Uh, right. Like, Unbelievable. It's it, you it's know. it's very clear that this this man is uh is standing up for something that has been going on for hundreds of years in this country. I will go as far to say that racial inequality. It's been happening in this country ever since Europeans set, set foot over here and decided they were going to take it over as their own. And it, it, it's, it, it's, it seems like it's, being, it's been worse recently. Uh, I think it's being perpetuated a little bit by the government. And we're not going to have to get into a whole political discussion because we could go on and on. And we usually don't do that around here. But this is definitely something we're going to touch on tonight. So uh, strap in. Because this, it just it just seems to be ridiculous to me. But um, it it's and I know that you're being sarcastic and you're and you're really just laughing in the face of people that that get upset about Colin Kaepernick and his beliefs. But just regardless of what someone believes, like I, 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 they, the concepts of this country are that you should be able to voice those beliefs. So while I'm not criticizing people for showing uh, their disdain for Nike by burning. There are things there. I think that there are better things that you could do with that apparel and try and support people that you think Colin Kaepernick is offending as opposed to just burning it or throwing it away. But you have the right to do that. Of course. I just, I feel like half the time people get outraged and they don't know why, or they're getting outraged at something that's not actually happening. Right. You know, the politics of Colin Kaepernick uh, aside, well, first of all, yeah, let me, let me just start off by saying like, uh, just just on a corporate level and like uh, in in economic level, like this move is genius for Nike. They're getting they're getting access. In, in maybe you want to argue like that it's disingenuous, and I think there's an there's an argument to be made there that hey, is Nike capitalizing on sort of uh, Colin Kaepernick like choosing to take a stand about a very serious issue and then trying to corporatize that? Tough word for me to say, apparently because I can't say ours very well. Maybe I am from Boston. Anyway, um, the point is, is like, 
yeah, maybe you want to argue, okay, well, this is a very serious issue, and, like, Nike's trying to co-opt that in a way. But, like, Colin Kaepernick is a guy who doesn't have a job at this point in the NFL, and, like, he can probably use the money. And, it's and by the way, it's his choice to, like, decide to partner, partner with Nike. So, like, he is choosing to use his, his like, name and reputation however he wants to do. And I, I completely, you know, uh, if people who have, have listened to the show for a while know that I'm like a longstanding sort of supporter of the individual and their, their ability to use their rights however they want. That being said, like all that being said, so like, I think it's a good move. I think they will make money uh, in the end. I know they, they apparently took a small stock hit over it, but I, I just think one, all the press they're getting over this Two, yeah. the, the notoriety, like it's, uh, people are just talking about Nike all the time and like the, the amount of money that they're actually going to lose on like X people uh, burning their jerseys. One, one, like people are going to, it's like the people who said they weren't going to watch the NFL anymore. Like it, it's not going to work. One, Nike is too big to fail anyway, but two, like there's also for every person who's burning Nike stuff, there's another person who like is going to, you know, buy sure. the, the Colin Kaepernick related Nike items. And, so, like, they're, they're going to so, get, just, sorry, just to touch on that stock thing. Yes, their they, their stock did take a hit, but I, it's not because of Colin Kaepernick. Historically, and I was looking into this because I thought that was a ridiculous claim. When they release their earnings quarterly, they take a little bit of a hit, and they're not the only apparel company that took a hit today. Every single other one, basically, Adidas, Reebok, you name it, they took a small percentage, two to three percent hit on their stock today. It's a natural occurrence. It's something that happens in the market pretty much all the time. So that to me is a, is a narrative. And I know that you're not trying to put this narrative out there. I just wanted to clear it up for anyone that, that may have heard that as well. That's a narrative that seems to be false in my opinion. Huh? That's interesting. Are you enlightening me on that? I had not heard or realized that I just, I wasn't making a big deal of, of the small stock at anyway, because I think again, long-term the publicity generated behind this and the fact that, that again, not to get into political discourse, but it's it's just a simple fact that the the media tends to skew left, and the the ultimate basic excuse me the ultimate like how much of this uh, of the publicity is going to skew positive towards Nike for this campaign is going to outweigh the amount of negativity they're going to receive in the press for this. I, there's no doubt in my mind that's the case. Um, so I, I think that that's it's, it's a smart decision for them. I you know we we. We've discussed Kaepernick obviously a million times on the show, and I've been, I've always been somewhat ambivalent on the the value of of the like like how much you're actually accomplishing towards your goal by that particular the the, the message that he chose to do. But that's that's still his, like you said his right to do so. But what I what I will criticize really more than anything else is you just talk about how excuse me you just talk about how you are not going to. Uh, criticize the people who sort of chose to burn their Nike apparel and because that is their right to do so. And I obviously it's with, it's within their rights, but I, I am going to criticize them. And the, re, the oh, reason it's that foolish. Like, <clears throat> I, I, well, and like I said, there's plenty of other things you could do with that stuff, but go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So, he, so here's where my criticism comes into play. Look, I don't have a problem with you deciding to take a moral stand against Nike because you feel like, they've sort of be betrayed this. If, if that's where you want to go and you want to say Correct. Nike has betrayed this country, that I don't have a problem with that in theory, but in practical terms, I do have a problem with that. And the reason I have a problem with that is because I don't understand this notion that Ka Colin Kaepernick is, is the, is the face the only face 
and this goes the other way with Nike as well, and, and like the value of him as the face. The only face of kneeling when, again, and, and I had this argument with actually with Mike Munger today or on his Facebook page today because he he said, oh, well, you, you know, really it turned out it, it was only like 15 players who kneeled. When in fact, no, if, if you no. like Sports Illustrated, if you look it up, the amount of the amount of players who were involved in kneeling for the anthem last year, okay, is it's over a hundred. Many the entire teams kneeled. So this this notion that like and Nike, who endorsed, by the way, you you so, can find the list of athletes that Nike had, had already endorsed and cross reference that against the list of athletes who kneeled and find plenty of guys who kneeled last season, well before Colin Kaepernick did his. Uh, it was signed yes. by Nike uh, yesterday. So if you want to be a consistent person and not be hypocritical, you probably should have burned your Nike j- jersey immediately. The fact that you're just burning it now because you only care because that they signed Colin Kaepernick, one specific person, besides the hundreds of people who have already knelt, that to me is, one, hypocritical, and two, intellectually lazy. And if you be consistent in what, whatever your stance is, that's your business. I don't I'm not taking a side one way or the other on, on that political stance, but it, it's the hypocrisy of it that bothers me. You support you. You were fine with your Nike stuff until the moment this one guy, Colin Kaepernick, right. because you're too, because you're too lazy and, to figure out who actually knelt, or just because you like you, you decided to like and, the NFL, even though you're annoyed by that one thing. You could still oh well as long as as long as this one guy who I decided I hate because he did it first, or not even because he did it first, just because his face is the most famous face. Just because the most famous guy gets signed, for, uh, the most famous guy for kneeling gets signed, now, I, now I'm upset, even though all these other guys who were already signed by Nike, I didn't care then, but now I'm burning my jersey. That's, that's the thing that I have a problem with, the hypocrisy there. Yeah, and the other thing is that, that this is why people start to look at it as a, a, a racial issue. Because, uh, I mean, just from what I've – so first of all, maybe I've culled my Twitter following – enough that I don't see a lot of the negative stuff towards Colin Kaepernick aside from what people that are criticizing those people are retweeting, et cetera. But my timeline basically looks to me as, as though people are in support of Nike still, and they are supporting Colin Kaepernick. But from what I've seen, and it, again, maybe this is just too small of a sample size, but it appears as though there's a bunch of white people that are upset that Colin Kaepernick is the, the face of Nike and to that, I'd say a, a few things. If, this, if that's really why you're, you're doing this and it's not because you think that he is disrespecting the flag or the country or something like that. First of all, it's it, like Calvin just said, why didn't you get angry when Chris Long, a white man, did all of this stuff? And when he started giving money back and he spoke out about uh, about racial inequality and he joined his his fellow NFL players who were kneeling in, in doing that or the, any of the other white guys or the the, the Asian guys or whoever else is in the league, whatever race it is that, that is protesting something in the league, where was the outrage then? Why? I mean, I know that you, we didn't make, or that Nike didn't make Chris Long the face of their campaign this time around. So, but if they had, would the outrage have been there? This is why from an out, out, outside perspective, people are starting to look at this as, as racism and the outrage as racism. And it's, it's it's getting ridiculous because you really do just sort of see all these these angry white people burning their stuff. And it, the second thing I would say to that is, I mean, maybe a lot of them weren't alive back then, but 
where was there outrage when Michael Jordan was was named the face of of Nike and the Just Do It campaign twenty years ago or whatever it was? I, I just I, I I understand that everything's in a magnifying glass now and social media sort of blows things up and and all of that. But the tension in this country is is just getting incredibly high. And Colin Kaepernick was just a big name player who tried to bring attention to a specific issue. And I feel like it, it's it's gone off the rails. And uh, while I commend him and and Nike for sort of keeping it at at the the forefront because it needs to be talked about, um, I'm I'm a little concerned with the way that some of the the people that disagree are are reacting because it it just it seems insane and and it seems as though the the divide might even be getting larger. And that's scary. Yeah, um, while I'm not, I, I would not say that racism doesn't exist, obviously. And I would not say that racism uh, doesn't exist in, in, in the motivations of people directly connected to Colin Kaepernick. But I would push back on the notion that, like, it's entirely racially motivated or that, like, someone can't be outraged without it not being motivated. Or, or that, like, a white person can't be upset at Colin Kaepernick without it being racially motivated. I, I think that there. There's certainly, there's certainly a passion for, uh, you know, this country and defending this country that I think a lot of people have, and it, it causes them to be, um, you know, unreasonable at times in, in certain areas, or you know, maybe you would argue reasonable. I mean, that it's that's that's sort of their choice. I, I think that racism obviously is a thing that exists. It's an it's an important co- cause. It's an important conversation to have. Um, but I don't think like if you you know if you think like. Colin Kaepernick should not be employed by Nike that that like necessarily means you're racist or like it leads it, it comes from racism but like all that being said I just think it's not it's not very it's, it's not very practical first of all that you can but in two I it's just the hypocrisy of it that bothers me like you should have you should have even in my mind either have already been over Nike or already been over the NFL and like not not connected to those products at all, you you just, you've decided to disassociate yourself from the NFL because you don't like uh, the disrespect they're showing to the anthem, or or the opposite, you should be fine with it. You should be like, or maybe somewhere, maybe the third option, you're not fine with it, but you you don't approve of it, but you but you understand it and you tolerate it. Those 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 are the three options to me. The option number four, which is like, uh, you know, continuing to continuing to watch the NFL or continuing to buy your Nike products, but all of a sudden because they find Colin Kaepernick and you're outraged. And that, that's not, that's not like a thing that a reasonable right. human being does. I guess that's and where this I'm is, at. This is where I sort of come back to knowing the, the, uh, the protest and knowing the argument and uh, sort of making sure that before you go and do something rash with your words or with your apparel, make sure you know what he's, what he's protesting. Because if you think that he's being disrespectful to the United States of America, then that's wrong. I, I would just flat out say that that's wrong because inherently this country has values that state that you have the right to express yourself, especially in a peaceful manner. And that's exactly what, what he has done to, to, to protest racial inequality. So if you think that he's being disrespectful to the United States of America as a country, I would say that you, you need to do a little more research on what the values of this country are. If you think he's being disrespectful to the, uh, the flag itself, 
I would say probably go and get a few more people's opinions and perspectives before you form your own, because there are a lot of intellectual people and people that have served in the military and in all walks of life that have different uh, opinions of this issue. And it's when they talk it out that it starts to make sense on either side of things. And third, I would say, if you think that he's being disrespectful to the national anthem itself, then take a look in the mirror and get over yourself because this is just, to me, this is a song. And yes, it means a lot, but you're getting, if you're getting upset over the, the, the song aspect of it, then I think you should probably look at the, the bigger picture and come up with something else to be outraged about because the song is not the issue here. It's, it's what the song stands for and what the flag stands for and, and all of that. I understand, but those are different things as well. So there are a lot of things going on here. And I think people tend to focus in on one of them that they just don't like, and they don't realize that he's actually not protesting any of those three things. He's protesting racial inequality within this country. So I don't think that's disrespectful to the flag, to the national anthem or to the country as a whole. And if someone else were to think that I would, I would completely disagree with them. Oh, I would disagree with them as well. I agree with all the points that you made about that. I just think that like, even though I would disagree with them, I wouldn't like begrudge someone's sort of right to think that, I guess, I, I guess that's where I'm at. You know what I mean? Like, right. So, it, but I guess what I'm saying there is like, if you're going to start acting rashly. Hello. Rory. You muted yourself maybe? Okay, I don't know if I'm still here or Rui's still here. Uh, let me contact Rui and we'll get right back on this. Hello? Where are you there? I heard myself get unmuted, so I know that I am live, but Rory is not currently live. So, um, yeah, I think that we're sort of on the same page with this Kaepernick thing. I know, like, we don't try to get into politics too much, so I don't want to uh, talk about it too much more, except to say that, like, yeah, I'm I'm glad. And, again, you know, I had this I, – I don't necessarily think that he's being directly blackballed by NFL teams. I think – uh, the blackballing comes into play sort of incidentally because uh, of the simple fact that like nobody wants this much attention and maybe the NFL brought it upon themselves with their reaction to this. And I think that's a fair criticism uh, in terms of like how much attention Kaepernick is getting. And now like Nike, people think, Oh, Nike's feuding with the NFL, but like the NFL shouldn't look at it that way. I don't necessarily, but I, but I think like most of the head coaches of these teams that like could bring Kaepernick in, I don't think the owners are stepping in and saying, no, I just think, now it's the monster has been created and no one wants to deal with sort of this much social pressure uh, about a guy or just, just in general, think about it. If you brought Kaepernick in for a workout uh, and then, you know, and then you decided that you didn't like him or you, you brought him in, you signed him to the team and then you cut him immediately. That team's going to get criticism. 
Even though, even though you might cut him for completely innocuous reasons, like he doesn't fit in your scheme, because remember, he's a guy who only fits certain schemes. And just like NFL history is full of guys who were, you know, who were kind of good or just okay or margin or like they were good and then they started falling off. And then the second they start falling off, they get drummed out of the league because they're controversial and not worth the trouble. I think you can have you to hear me now. Really, now I can hear you. Yeah, I think you have okay, to be weird. really good in order to sort of get away with the kind of social attention, not even negative attention, but just the kind of social attention that having a guy like Colin Kaepernick means to your team. You're going to have to be so in, so valuable that like it's it's worth having. And I don't think Kaepernick is is good enough for that to be the case. And by the way, he hasn't played for two years at this point, so. Like you, he, any any other quarterback you might name who's not a superstar is is unlikely is at this point get a roster spot on the team anyway. Yeah, and you know what else, Calvin? I'm not even so. I think you sort of touched on it earlier. Uh, he's getting paid by Nike. I'm sure he's happy with that salary. I'm not even so sure that he wants to play football anymore. Uh, and quite honestly, that's fine. And there's nothing wrong with that. If he even if he wanted to come out and say that he he's not going to play football anymore, he he's he hasn't planned on playing football for the last couple of years and he becomes this advocate for racial injustice, uh, then there's no criticism in that, in my opinion. And I would, I would almost rather him come out and say something like that, as opposed to pretend that he's looking for a job and sort of trying to make the NFL look bad and uh, make people believe that he's being blackballed, et cetera. Because uh, a, I think uh, like you said, teams, Need, they do. I mean, the NFL is a is a cutthroat business. They they do evaluate the value between play, paying somebody and having them play on your football team and everything else that comes along with that. Whether it's social issues or uh, whether they keep getting fined because they swear to the media or something. Whatever the rule is that they're breaking. If they if they're not a law abiding citizen, you need to factor that into the equation. Look at all these guys that that are accused of domestic abuse, et cetera. Uh, some of them still find jobs, but once, once you're, once that mark is on you, if you aren't performing well, you're not going to find a job either. Uh, so yeah, the NFL it can be very hypocritical at times, but that's just sort of the way it is. So if you're going to talk about it, you kind of have, have to accept that that's the way that they operate. But it, so it, part of it is that he's probably not good enough to, to make a team definitely not as a starter, I would think because teams tend to put more stock in, in the starting quarterback than anything else. And they want to make sure that they are getting the utmost value that they can out of that position. So if they think there's going to be any sort of distraction, they're not going to sign a guy as a starter. And frankly, if he doesn't want to be a backup, that's fine. He seems to be a, a, a polarizing figure. And I think that being the face of this movement, and if that's what he wants to be, is a great decision for him, uh, and he's going to make money and also bring light to issues that need to be talked about. So I don't want to make him out to be this this savior of the country or something like that, but I think history will look back on him uh, and shed – it'll portray him in a, in a positive light because he he's looked at as the one that sort of started this, this whole discussion again uh, 30 years after Martin Luther King, you know, it was frankly, Calvin, I, I feel like it was kind of ignored for a long time and people thought that everything was fine. And now all of a sudden it's being brought to the light of day again in the last few years. And it, it's disturbing really. 
Yeah, I, yeah, it is, it is, and I we I, we didn't mean to do like a full half hour again on Kaepernick, and I know like we try not to be a political show, and we got into it a little bit, but it, yeah, it's fine in the end, and I and I try to be like, you know, uh, I, I hate to use expression, but like I try to be like relatively fair and balanced towards like, you know, both both sides because I'm kind of that person anyway. I kind of see both sides of a lot of things, but um, yeah, yeah. In this in this in, even in this Kaepernick case, I have sort of multiple thoughts on it on multiple sided views but i just think like let's let the guy earn his money um he's probably not going to end up back in the nfl and you hit the nail on his head he probably doesn't want to at this point um no that's fine there's nothing wrong with that but don't go around yeah. lying saying that like i'm not saying that he's, he's saying this but for the people that think he's being blackballed like you sort of uh, let off or finished up the segment with I'm with you on that one. I don't think there's a black ball situation going on here. I think that they uh, evaluate that the teams in the NFL evaluate him just like they would any other quarterback. And the risk is higher than the reward in many people's eyes. And quite frankly, I mean, if, if people don't agree with that, that's fine, but that's, that's what they're, they're paid to do. They're paid to evaluate that stuff, scouts and things like that in the NFL. So maybe Kaepernick thinks that he can perform and uh, that is, perfectly fine for him to think but if he was the same had the same talent as somebody else who got a job that would make sense i would understand that but it seems as though uh the the distraction around him whether it's for positive or negative reasons is is something that detracts from from the the way that teams look at him as far as value is concerned and as a professional multi-billion dollar business that's what they're paid to do that's what all sports teams are paid to do so if if, if some i mean if somebody were to do this in another league as well and their talent was average to below average honestly they may prefer to choose the approach to to focus on that cause and if he's doing that that's fine but like i said if if he's pretending to try and get a job to make the nfl look bad i think that's a little bit petty and this is not about the nfl really anymore this is this is about America. This is about the things that happen within this country. This is not an NFL story anymore, Calvin. So that's another thing. If people are still thinking that this is the NFL against against the world or the NFL against the flag or the, against the players, I don't think that this is this is an NFL issue anymore. This is bigger than that. He is, and that's why that's why we spent the first half hour of the show talking about it. Yes, sir. Let's, yes, sir. Yeah. Let's, okay. Let's move on. Let's move on to another social issue because. Uh, apparently we're just having fun with that tonight. Uh, let's talk about this Urban Meyer situation. How much do you know about this Urban Meyer situation, Ray? I know. I think I know enough to to say that that he has handled it very poorly, and that uh, he he's done plenty of backtracking, and that I'm not so sure that his apology was sincere. So for the people that don't really know what's going on, why don't you fill them in? Okay. So in uh, in from 2005 to 2009. Uh, Urban Meyer had an assistant coach named Zach Smith, uh, and Zach Smith in 2009 uh, was arrested uh, for aggravated ba- battery against his pregnant wife at the time, uh, Courtney Smith. She decided against pressing charges. Zach Smith denied that any uh, violence occurred, and uh, Zach Smith was allowed to continue on as the uh, as uh, the assistant at Ohio State. So he left after that season. Uh, Urban Meyer has recently come under fire for not uh, taking action 
I'm not a case. Courtney Smith has then come out and you know made allegations more rec- recently, and that's why it's become a thing that that, that she was abused by her husband. And uh, an investigation was independent. An independent investigation was done at Ohio State, and the results of the independent investigation uh, determined that they they felt that neither uh, Urban Meyer or the athletic director did enough to uh you know prevent that from uh the, the prevent i don't know the coach from being there i guess or prevent it from happening or just not enough not enough action took place at the time urban meyer sort of gave a half-hearted apology after that or people felt like it was half-hearted because he uh apologized for the situation but did not apologize to courtney smith directly and a lot of people felt like that was a mistake Ohio State then suspended Urban Meyer for three games, the first three games of the season, and I think a lot of people feel like that was a mistake because under the idea that maybe Urban Meyer should have been fired, I'm not, I, I, I'm or, or suspended for a season, or just had some greater punishment than the punishment that he had. Now, see, I, I'm going to take. Probably the un, the, unpopular, the unpopular controversial stance on this, and that's fine. I'll deal with it. You know, you can call in and complain to me right now if you want. Rui, you can you can yell my ear off if you want. I don't. But that being said, okay, yes, I I agree that like Urban Meyer definitely should have been more contrite in in his apology, particularly if um you know, particularly if he is of the belief, and I'm sure he is at this point, that Courtney Smith like was abused and. Uh, you know, in in therefore, like he probably should at least it, it, whether or not he actually is responsible, he probably should feel some level of contrition and, and blame for the fact that, he, despite the fact that they were married, regardless and whether or not he was fired, in theory, Zach Smith could have continued to to punish her. He should still feel like, man, you know what? Maybe I could have done something, or at least like. Just for the for the sake yes. of appearances, so, if nothing well, else, like the idea, he, he the idea not... now, Calvin. I'm sorry to cut you off, but the idea now is that yes, he could have he could have brought it to light, and he could have uh, made this person, or this, made Zach Smith realize what was going on, and make everybody else around him realize what was going on, and stopped it sooner. As opposed to who knows what's been going on for the last couple of years. Maybe it's been happening behind closed doors, and that's why she's finally coming out and, and saying saying things for a, an independent investigation. So, Urban Meyer swept it under the rug, and I think that's where the outrage on this one comes from. Yeah, and well, well, see, I I I hear what you're saying there. Okay, I I understand that. Okay, but where I'm where I'm coming down on this is ultimately like, I I think again, I in, in, it's not like a rights thing. I realize it's not a rights thing. Anyone can do anything. But do I think that someone should immediately get fired at the accusation of another person? I not I cannot go I can't go there. In, regardless of like what what an accusation is, like we're in such a I don't know we we live, we're at such a witch hunt point in this history in, uh, of America right now where it's like it bothers me that every single thing has to be like look if if Urban Meyer if we had any evidence at all that Urban Meyer had, had done anything to his wife. Or had had any evidence at all that Urban Meyer had any kind of proof that Zach Smith did something to his wife beyond beyond allegations, especially like after she uh, she declined to press charges and thus yes he was arrested on it, but he didn't actually go to court. So the, the idea that like 
he has to be fired for for her even filing a complaint. I feel I feel like it, or that Urban Meyer then has to be fired because he didn't fire a guy. Yeah, you know, I'm not like, going that far. To, I'm just I'm just saying yeah. that Urban Meyer shouldn't have swept it under the rug at the time, and I do believe that his punishment was a little bit light. And like you said earlier, he he definitely could have gone about the apology in a much better way. He doesn't he doesn't seem very sincere when he's apologizing, and that's where I. I disagree with the way that it's been handled. I no, I agree with everything you said there. It's really just just the people who want to extend this out to Urban Meyer should be fired now because he knew. When I don't, I don't necessarily buy that he knew. He he had an idea that the guy was charged. How like you're telling me that oh oh or like because this is always like the argument in sports like oh he was the head coach how could he have not known. Like you can't, right. you, know, you can't know everything. One, and you're not going to know like how much time a guy spends with his wife, when or, or how he spends his time with his pregnant wife. When you're a football right. coach, think how much time is he really spending with this guy, and, and or more specifically, how much time is he spending with this guy's wife? You know what I mean? I, I knew, I knew that, he knew that it, it existed, and maybe he should have uh, suspended him or, or and he, all of these things are fair. Or looked into it more, tried to figure out what he can try to figure out. Maybe he. he do enough i can buy that argument but the notion like that this guy automatically has to be fired in 2009 i can't i can't get that far and i definitely i definitely definitely can't get as far as urban meyer should be fired now i you know what i mean <laughs> yes he yes he should be more contrite and maybe urban meyer and i mean if urban meyer was smart he would he would donate some of his money to uh you know uh, battered women's causes or just women's causes in general you know what a, that's that's what but, all of these people that that get caught up in in something should do. They they all should do that. But the thing that I think the problem is, most of them don't actually care. And if you don't donate or or, or put your money behind uh, something and put it behind your apology, then to me, it just it, it appears as though you don't actually care about the apology. Like do you can? I'll, I'll t- actually let me rephrase that. If you apologize for something and then quite literally for the rest of your life, your ways are changed and that doesn't ever happen again, then fine. Your apology is definitely legitimate, whether you sounded sincere or not. On the other side, if you are putting some serious money behind it or you're going to donate to a cause and you become an advocate for that cause and you show that that you've changed your ways and that you're going to start doing things a little bit differently, again – you were probably being sincere, but if you just stand up there the way he did and sort of half-ass an apology and then try to ignore the the behavior or the situation for a long time after that, then I'm not so sure if it was that sincere. So there's still a lot of time for that to be played out, of course. If it comes up again and he has a better response, then maybe I'll, I'll change my tune on this, but he looks like an idiot. He looks, he looks like an ass and he looks like he doesn't care. Yeah, the, the- Problem is for him though is he's it basically has to apologize for the behavior of somebody else and maybe so in his mind if he, he like the idea of Urban Meyer changing is the notion of like uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if he like, has to apologize for the behavior of somebody else he I, he just has to apologize he, for not handling it himself in a in a better manner which I think he yeah. tried to do but it just didn't come across very well right so in, but my point is in in his mind he's like he's his version of doing it differently is like next time I'll just fire that guy. But that doesn't feel like 
that doesn't feel the same way as like, that you're talking about in terms of like donating to the that doesn't like necessarily in your head mean like oh I have to be this person who does this now you know what I mean because basically you're saying uh, I just need to get rid of any problem from now on that's different that's different than saying no, like I no, need to I'm not saying I'm not saying get rid of I'm saying do the invest do the the research to try and decide if this is actually a problem because if this I mean if Zach Smith is the best coach you've ever had and you and and he's a, a nice guy to you and by all accounts this is the only time ever anything's ever happened then that's fine I totally understand wanting to side with him even and but do your due diligence and try and find out if anything actually happened and if you did, if he had done that Calvin he wouldn't have to have a half-assed insincere apology he would be able to say something along the lines of we investigated this at the time. We really thought that things had, had worked themselves out or whatever he wants, however he wants to phrase it. It could have been done in a much better, more thoughtful manner. And to me, when, when, that ha- when, when it isn't done that way, that's when it's pretty clear that it, it, he doesn't necessarily believe the things that he's saying. Yeah, that, that's fair. But my, my, the only point I was making is like, he probably feels like he doesn't have to apologize. I don't, I don't know the specifics of like, he probably feels like maybe he, he either a didn't have enough information at the time. Right. But nobody wants to hear that now. Maybe he feels like, True. Hey, this is my guy. Charges weren't filed. And may, maybe he sort of has the notion of like, yeah, I, I want to be fair to him, but, uh, but nobody, nobody wants anybody to be fair to, to anybody who's accused of anything, despite the fact that they weren't convicted of anything. And that's kind of and that's kind of why I said, well, I'm taking a controversial opinion here, because I tr- I tend to have that thought in general anyway, which is that, like I don't I can't get behind being as as you know coming down with a hammer 100 percent on someone before I before I feel like I not if not no I feel like I feel pretty confident you know what I mean I can't just immediately shut the door on, on someone in the face of an accusation. That's, I, I think that that's, that we've reached a point in outrage culture where that's, that's a bridge too far for me. And I don't blame you for that. I mean, innocent until proven guilty. That's, that's the mantra of, of the judicial system in this country. So that, that's, that's, a, that's a very standard way to feel. And I believe that as well. But I feel like you can also do more to try and figure out if this person is guilty in your, even if it's just in your eyes, you don't have to press charges. You don't have to take it to the courts. Uh, but I, I feel like if, if this, if he's really part of the staff and he's that important I, to you, you would want to do the due diligence to make sure that this was something that it wasn't actually that big of a deal. And it was a misunderstanding or whatever, what have you. And if he had the capability and who, who knows if he did, he, I'm, I'm sure he probably did, but he, but if, if she declined, here, here's the thing. Did he ever talk to her? I don't know, but maybe he did, maybe he didn't. But if, if he didn't, he definitely should have. But if, if he did, if she already didn't press charges, who knows what she would have said at the time anyway. But and maybe, maybe that would have been a breach of, of I don't know what the, his relationship with, with his assistant coach was. But you're right. It definitely feels like he could have done more, and that's where the criticism lies. I'm fine right. with him getting suspended. I think any, any idea of it, that Urban Meyer should be fired over this, I think it's that's an extreme reaction. Yeah, I think that's a bit unfair. I think right. maybe I, if you, yeah. I think we fall pretty much in the same opinion of this thing, but uh, I don't know. I feel like even a little bit more of a suspension would have been warranted. 
get firing him though, though I, I'm with you on that one. I don't think he deserves to be fired over this, but he d- certainly deserves to be criticized, and he deserves to be looked at a- again if something like this happens. He he better make be damn sure that if he's got someone on his staff and he even hears a, an inkling of something like this happening, he tries to figure out what's going on before uh, before everybody else hears about it. Because I mean. It's outrage culture. People are going to want his head. And at that point, Ohio State may not have a choice. So Urban Meyer better be able, better be able to, to at least seem like he uh, did a little bit of, uh, of digging if a situation like this arises again. That's all I'm saying about it. And if he doesn't, then I mean, obviously that's on him. And what do I really care about him anyway? What do you – yeah, you're right. What do you care about him? You know what you do care about, though, Ray? This, this this season's NFL standing. Hmm. Hmm. I do care I about that. Got, I, I, you know what, Calvin? I was I semi-prepared for this last week, and I, I uh, really didn't look much at, more into it. So I'm going to kind of just go off what I remember from that. And uh, I, honestly, I'm starting to wonder if the NFL is going to be as as bad as I as it has been in uh, recent years. And by that, I mean it looks like to me there's going to be a lot of mediocre teams. I think it's going to be pretty average football this year. Not a, not a whole lot of bad teams. Nobody's too amazing. I don't think anybody looks that great to me. But uh, there's going to be some mediocrity in the NFL this year, and that kind of warms my heart a little bit. You love some good mediocrity. That's a, yeah, oh, I love mediocrity team. in the NFL. That means yeah. I don't have to watch it at all, and I won't care. Yeah, your team is never mediocre there. I don't hear your discussion about mediocrity. is totally annoying me. But cause your team is always good. Yeah, they're going to be good the, again. But across the board, across the NFL, it looks like a pretty mediocre season. Um, do you want to start with the New England Patriots? Because, it, I mean, there's there's a whole lot of controversy going on with them. We haven't even touched on any of the, the crap that gets spewed out in Boston and uh, sports and media uh, over the last few weeks as that season it starts to happen. I like to take a look at the – the NFL as a whole, because most of the stuff that's talked about around here is just a bunch of who cares. Just let them play the games and prove whether whether these people that are talking heads like us are, are right or wrong. Uh, but just I'm, some of the crazy rhetoric about Tom Brady and just all the criticism it, with with all the things that are going on in the world, and we just let off with forty five minutes of a couple of those different issues. It, it just it sort of pales in comparison when you're talking about sports and all this this nonsense in the NFL. So the day-to-day training camp BS, I don't really care about, but we can talk about some records and, and who's going to make the playoffs for sure. Okay, Ray, we'll, we'll start off with your division. Who you got in the AFC East? You got the Jets? This is the year for the Jets? I mean, the Jets look pretty mediocre, right? They, I, again, this is going to probably be one of the, the divisions that has one team with a winning record and everybody else is seven and nine or worse. The Bull, the Bills might be one of the worst teams in, in the entire league this year, as they are pretty much every other year. I mean, every once in a while they'll they'll be okay, but this team looks terrible again. I have no faith in Miami. Obviously, the Pats are winning the AFC East. It's just a matter of how many games they win, Calvin. And uh, it's it, it looks like another 11, 12, maybe even a 13 win season, but. That might be tough considering I don't even know who their wide receivers are for the first four weeks of the season until Edelman comes back. Really? Yeah, yeah, they have no receivers. Well, 
Chris Hogan's still around, right? He was good last year. Um, but uh, but yeah, I nobody in the uh, spot though. Who are these guys? They're signing guys randomly. It, it's just I don't even know. But obviously, you, you, I, I doubt you will disagree or th- that the, yeah, uh, the Patriots I, are going to take here. Go ahead. I, I, I love that the, the Patriots got uh, Wes Welker from Miami and then they sent Dan, Danny Amendola back down to Miami. It's just, it just warms my heart. But um, <laughs> I actually have Buffalo as the worst team in the NFL for the record. I, I know there you go. But I actually think they are going to be the worst team in the NFL. Uh, we're kind of just doing playoff teams. So I only have one playoff team in the AFC East as well. And I, I'll, surprise, surprise, I'm going to have it be the New England Patriots. I would like it not to be the Patriots, but who, who am I kidding? Of course it's going to be the Patriots Maybe for the next three, four years And even after Brady goes away Who knows what happens with this team Their their franchise has been set up pretty well in the past 15 or 20 years or so So I feel confident In in the fact that they will continue to be A a, a playoff team As long as they're in this division And there's no change in the, uh, the way That the divisions are situated In the NFL Because the other three franchises are just jokes. And sure, the Jets maybe are getting themselves together over the next few years, but it doesn't move fast for them. So, Pat's all the way. Here we go. Uh, where I'm do you want to go now? North, south, west? What do you say? Or do you want to flip it over to your your uh, New York Giants in the east there? No, we're, staying in, we're staying in the AFC. We got to go right. right. Uh, let's go to, uh, because of the way I scrolled, it's the AFC West next. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, all right. Well, I mean, the AFC West looks somewhat intriguing. I, I never really know what to think uh, about the Chargers. And Philip Rivers just keeps throwing footballs. I just I, – I feel like this guy was drafted 40 years ago at this point. Uh, and he – I mean, obviously, along with Eli Manning, are, are still playing football, I guess barely for Eli, but – uh, the Chargers look like they're going to be solid. Kansas City looks like they're going to be solid. I'm not so sure uh, about Denver, and we'll see if Coach Gruden can pull it together in Oakland. But trading one of their best defensive players because he was holding out does not look good for them. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Kansas City pulls out this division, uh, and I think the Chargers make the playoffs. I think they have to make the playoffs because, I mean, a 9-7 and team makes the playoffs. They'll probably win at least 10 games, uh, if not 11. So Kansas City and, and the, the Chargers. There you go. Really, I hate them. I hate the Raiders' moves, basically everything they've done in the offseason. I think they're going – they're also going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL, I think. Um, the Broncos will be better than they were last year, but they'll be mediocre. I have the same two teams making the playoffs. But I'm reversing the order. I think the San Diego Chargers have a good young defense, and Philip Rivers still good. They have the a lot Los of Angeles weapons. Chargers. Look, They're in your own damn town. You can't get it right. Come on. No, I refuse to call them the Los Angeles Chargers. In fact, I, in fact, this is, this is <laughs> that's this, like yeah, me I with hate, the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, I hate both the Char. Yeah, I hate both the Chargers and the Rams for the record. I resent them both. I hate the fact that I can that that any time I go into a sports apparel store now, I used to be able to find giant stuff. Now it's just stacked with Rams and Chargers stuff. Let me tell you something. The Chargers play in a soccer stadium. It's about the, there's 20,000 people who can sit in this because, because they, they haven't built a new stadium yet. So the Chargers play in this uh, soccer stadium in Carson, um, and they can't sell it out. The 25,000-seat stadium, they can't get sold out because nobody cares about the Chargers. So, no, the Chargers are not from Los Angeles. But 
That's right. That they being they don't said, even play in Los Angeles proper. Okay. Yeah. That being said, I think you know what? I think I, I think the Chargers are gonna they're gonna get a bye. How about that? Chargers are gonna be the, the Chargers get a bye. Interesting. Yeah. Chargers get a bye. Right. That's how good I think they're gonna be. They're gonna be good. I'm calling it now. All right. There fair, it is. Fair enough, Calvin. That's fine. Yeah. All right. Um, well, all right. So where are we going now? North or south? What do you say? Uh, well, I'm I'm just continuing to scroll down and scrolling down. And next is north. All yeah. right, north. Yeah. This is always to me. This is always the toughest division to pick in, in the AFC. Uh, obviously, the East. It's always the Patriots. When you're looking at the AFC West, typically you're going to look at Denver, um, and and San Diego slash Los Angeles has been there for a while, uh, but. This one to me is, is tough, and more recently the AFC South has kind of, has gotten a little bit tougher as well. But there are good teams in this division, and they always play each other hard. So I never know out of Baltimore, Cincinnati, and Pittsburgh who's going to win those matchups year to year. Uh, so I'm kind of going to take a little bit of a crapshoot here. And even though the Steelers sort of look like they're on, on a little bit of a downswing. I think they find a way to pull it off. I think they grab a wild card spot. I think they sneak in there uh, as one of the final playoff teams. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to say that the Bungles will bungle it and Baltimore back on top for me in, in the AFC North this year, even though this is, to, again, one of the more difficult divisions to, to, to pick. And I don't really see Baltimore winning more than 10 games. Joe Flacco has this weird sort of, arm decline for a guy who's as young as he is. He's not been able to throw the ball down the field, and I don't like their weapons anyway. I just think the Ravens are not good enough on offense to be any good. I, I mm. think Cincinnati is more likely to have a bounce-back year. Maybe because I like, I like John Ross. I like their weapons better. I, well, I, still, think, I still think Cincinnati I guess, will finish. So I guess it depends too. on how much you like Andy Dalton, too, because he, he's looking for a bounce-back. He was not good last year. But I, I think Andy Dalton is one of those guys who's like only as good as the pieces around him. Sort of. I, I don't think that I don't think Andy Dalton is great, but he's also like not. He's not like a ruiner in a way. Like I feel like Flacco is more of a ruiner when he's bad than Dalton is. But that being said, um, and there's also a thing that like Dalton is terrible when he has no time. And the, the Bengals like replace their offensive line. Uh, and I think if that got a little better, I think Dalton will be a little bit better with the, the time that he's going to have this season. I still don't think the Bengals, Bengals are going to be a playoff team. They're going to be wrong. I have them 8-8. Eight eight. But um, I think the Steelers are going to win this division in a walk. I, I, think, in I don't a think walk? They're, yeah, I think, wow. I think that they – yeah. I don't think that they're going to be great, but I think they'll be 11-5 and five and they'll win the division. And that's the only team – the Browns are intriguing to me. But I just I can't imagine Baker Mayfield just steps right off the boat, the boat from uh, from Oklahoma to uh, to Cleveland. No, I, I listen. I would say that uh, honestly, you you knocked them earlier, but I think Coach Gruden gets more wins out of Oakland than uh, they get in Cleveland this year. I still, I mean, I, maybe that's my bias against Cleveland as a sports city fr- and, and all of their franchises for that matter. But uh, that's just the way I'm looking at it. One more year for the Browns, and, and then I think they'll be ready. But I think this is not All their right. year yet. Yeah. So I got the Steelers only coming out of the AFC North, which means I have two teams coming out of the two. AFC South. Two yeah. from the which, South. This seems outrageous to yeah. me. But go ahead. You go first on this one. Yeah. Which two? I'm only deciding right now as I'm looking at them. Um, 
So the, the the team that I think is going to win the division, right? I, I think I think the Texans are going to have a bounce back year, and it's mainly because I love Deshaun Jackson, Sean Watson. Sorry, Sean Jackson. Don't like Deshaun Jackson very much at all. Actually, I hate Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson. Like Deshaun Watson, though, quite a bit. And I know he's coming out that injury, but before he was, he was he was amazing. You, they they basically like lit up defenses. Texans already have a have a good defense. Um, I think that they, I think that they're going to be ready to go, and I don't think they're going to be great. But I think this is one of those years, as it always seems in the AFC South, that a team ends up winning the AFC South, who's nine and seven or ten and six at best, and that's that's what's going to happen this year. I got the text. Yep. How about that? How about yep. that? I think you're exactly right. I think it's going to be nine and seven, ten and six at best. But it's not the Texans for me. I mean, you like Deshaun Watson, I do too. Uh, those guys need to stay healthy. They've shown that they don't really do that. So I'm actually going to go out on a limb and say that Marcus Mariota is actually going to have a great year. I think he's finally going to going to have a team behind him in Tennessee that that uh, plays pretty well, and I think their defense is going to be solid as well. So I'm going with Tennessee at nine and seven slash ten and six to win this division, uh, and I'm not putting two teams in. So to, I mean, I already I already gave you that uh, I, I felt as though Pittsburgh and Baltimore were both going to be in uh, the Patriots and then a, as well as uh, Kansas city and Los Angeles. So I'm going with just Tennessee out of the AFC South Jacksonville misses the playoffs and uh, so does Houston. They fall just short and the Colts are the, are the wild card in this one because who knows what Andrew Luck is going to be. I, I don't know if that team is going to be anything special or, or not, but to me, it looks like they're still at the bottom of this weird, mediocre heap. But this is—I mean, this division is, is a tougher one to pick as well. It's just not as as loaded at the top, so I don't know necessarily who's going to win it. You know, um, but it, it is really. But I like—I like bold statements, and, fr- and frankly, I don't. I feel like the way the Jaguars and the Titans won last year, it's not sustainable. Like the Jaguars' defense cannot possibly repeat what they did last year, and their their offense was terrible. Blake Bortles wasn't good. They lost Allen Robinson. They lost Allen Hearns. Like they're they're already a bad passing offense, and their receivers are not as good as they were last year. I don't think like I think the the box is going to be stuffed with Fournette even more. I don't. I can't imagine this team repeating what they did last year, and I can't imagine the Titans in a completely different way controlling the the Titans. By, by the way, if you look at like their uh, scoring differential like the titans basically had like they were an extremely mediocre team that had a lot of favorable results but i i cannot see repeating and i don't believe that marcus Mariota is going to be good this year so i my second team Murray, is actually going to be the Colts. i'm going to pay i'm going to put a little faith in the, the the one-time miracle work of andrew luck i'm going to say he bounces back and, and maybe he doesn't but you know what they're, they're going to be the last wild card in, so I'm, it's not like I'm picking them to go 11 and 5. Yeah. Nope. Could be 8 and 8. They go, they go 9 and 7 and get that last wild card. That's what I'm saying. All right. There you have it. And that's the difference. I've got, uh, I guess, Baltimore, and you've got um, Indi- Indianapolis. Otherwise, our, our top five seems to be the same. Although, I think mine is, I mean, whatever. The, the teams are the same. The order is different. There you have it for the AFC. Um, what about the NFC, Calvin? What do you think about uh, about the NFC East over here? Let me just tell you one thing about the NFC East. Your Giants, yeah. probably not that good. The Eagles, the Redskins, those are the teams that people are looking at. But I, I would even prefer to, to just not have to pick who wins this division 
and just relish in the fact that the Dallas Cowboys are setting themselves up to be horrible. And I think I just love it when that team is bad. So we'll see what happens with, with the Cowboys, but uh, uh, man, do I, do I not try have any trust in them right now? Um, right. I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking at Philadelphia, I guess, to, to repeat as the uh, division winner here. Right. Do, do you know that uh, a team has not repeated in the NFC East for 25 years? Were you aware of that? I'm not aware of that. Maybe if I had known yeah. that, I would have changed my, my, my tune here. Yeah. So I'm in, 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 here's the thing. Look, Carson Wentz, not quite ready yet. Right. And if he is, he's, he's going to need a couple weeks to set up. Um, he, like, I, I get why intellectually you'd want to pick the Eagles and like, I'm going to pick the Eagles as a wild card, but I, the, here's my thing about the Giants. Like, the Giants, the Giants could be good this year, but they could also not be good at all. They're in, mm. they're they're like they're truly a wild card because one, I don't know they have a new coach, so they're, they're going to run a new short passing system, which is fine. But like I don't know how good Saquon Barkley is, and I haven't seen. I know I know Odell Beckham and Evan Ingram are good. So you, you put the three of them together uh, on the field at the same time, it's going to be difficult for defense to stop. But I don't know if the line is going to be good enough. Um, to give even Eli time to really do anything, but it'll it'll be interesting because I think that might not matter with how quick they pass. I don't know. It could go either way for the Giants, but I don't want to be a homer. Even though part of me thinks that they could win the division, I don't want to be the homer. So I'm going to pick the Redskins because I think. Look, Hold I think on a second. Redskins... You, you don't want to be a homer, or you think they can't win the division? Because if you think they can win, and you, I mean, being a homer puts you think... over the top. And what's wrong with being a homer? I do think they can win. I just don't want to say it. Oh, right. You're just superstitious. Oh, you're, fine. you're right. You're right. You're fine. Fine. The Giants win the division. The Eagles will icon. Done. Done. So you just like moved the Redskins from winning the, the division out of superstition to not making the playoffs at all. Yep. That's exactly what I just did. Done. The Redskins 7-9. and nine. Done. Cowboys, Cowboys are going to be terrible. They got rid of Des Bryant and they got a bunch of small receivers. They, they, the offensive line is hurt. They're going to have to run the ball. Des Bryant's not – I miss Des Bryant. Um, Zach Prescott's not that good. Six and ten Cowboys. Right. Eat Cowboys. Wow, six and ten. Okay, I think they might be even worse yeah. than that, and that's going to be excellent. Um, but, no, I'm sticking with the Eagles. I think they have a lot of momentum off the Super Bowl, and even though it's tough to have a strong season uh, after something like that, I, I just – I feel like they have the right mentality at, at this point. And as much as I hate to say it because of my disdain for many Eagles fans that I've met over my life – uh, I think they're gonna they're gonna win their division and they they are probably gonna make another run in the playoffs here uh, and we'll see how everything shakes out but I'm 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 thinking they go to the NFC Championship game. Um, let's move on to another division though. Where do you want to go? Well, where I want to go next because I scrolled down and it's next. Yes, the NFC West. The NFC West. Okay, here we go with this. I can't really figure out what's going on out there because again another crappy LA team hanging out in a division that I don't really care about. Uh, I would like to believe that the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo will have a decent season, but to me that still doesn't put them in the playoffs. Uh, so I, I, I want to talk about them because I, I'm intrigued with how they're going to do after all the discussion around here about Jimmy Garoppolo, but maybe we can save that for a couple weeks into the season after we see actually how they play. Uh, uh, well, Arizona looks down to me. And I'm just 
I'm torn between a young player in Jared Goff uh, and a proven quarterback slash coach combination in Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll. They've had their ups and downs in Seattle, but I, I feel like they, there's still some ups left over there. So I'll go with Seattle on this one, but the Rams are not far behind for me. Look, you know what's funny to me is like, I, I get it. Look, I get it. Okay. The, the, uh, the, the Seahawks defense, Cam Chancellor retired, Richard Sherman went, uh, where'd he go again? Forgot. The Raiders? No. Where'd he go? I forgot. The Niners? Doesn't One even matter. Teams. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. I forgot where he went. The point is he, he went I will somewhere find out home. right now. Yeah. I, I get it. They lost some guys. Their defense is not going to be as good. Their offensive line yeah. is not San great. Francisco. Yeah, their offensive line not great. But here's the thing. Here's, and here's the thing. Russell Wilson... It, like I don't understand why people don't recognize how good Russell Wilson is. Russell Wilson is a superstar. Like you watch this dude play, you watch how bad. Anyway, you watch Seattle's offensive line and how bad it was. This fool is single-handedly carrying this team, avoiding sacks, and he doesn't run as much as Cam Newton, so he doesn't get. He doesn't necessarily always get credit for it. He he hangs in the pocket in order, moves around in order to throw. This fool, this guy is a dominant football player who carries this team, and they have a mediocre team. There's no question. I don't really like anybody that much. The Rams, I guess in theory, like, I just can't pick both the Rams and the Chargers to make the playoffs, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I would you, but, your head would explode if you had both LA teams in the playoffs. What would you do? How would the city I, function? You had two play, teams in the playoffs? Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> LA would be going crazy because they all like the Rams and, and the Chargers so much. Oh, but no, man. Bunch of posers. But, uh, yeah, we'd all, be, we'd, we'd all be pumping our fists and going wild. But no, look, like every time that like a team goes into the offseason, I mean, not basically every time historically that I can think of where the, the team went all out and paid all these dudes and just really just went out to win that year, it ended up being a spectacular disaster. And that's what I think is going to happen with the Rams, basically only for that reason. I don't really have any other good reasons other than the fact that I don't actually think Jared Goff's that good. And I think teams will, like, uh, you know, teams will somewhat be able to figure out what Sean McVay did last year. And I think, like, that gimmick will be not neutralized, but teams will be better equipped to defend it. And the the Rams, I almost picked as a wild card, but then I didn't. So I just had the Seahawks. All right. Me too. Just the Seahawks. Um, that means we're going to – which way did you go last time? North, I suppose? I did go north. We are going north. Uh, again – this is one of those divisions that looks kind of heavy at the top and not so heavy uh, towards the, the bottom. Uh, Khalil Mack to the bears is, is good for them. I think we'll see how their defense pans out with this guy, but uh, it makes them a little bit better. I, I still don't think it puts them into the playoffs though. I'm still looking at green Bay and Minnesota. I mean, those are the two teams in this division. They probably always will be uh, the lions still probably going to be a laughing stock. Not really sure how good that team's going to be. Five wins, let's, let's say something around there. So Green Bay is my division winner again. Uh, and I just don't really know if I am going to buy in to Kirk Cousins uh, in Minnesota. So I think they'll make the playoffs, and they may even be pretty fun to watch in the playoffs. But Green Bay is, is my team. And honestly, Calvin, I'll say it now because I'm not sure if we were going to separate this out or not. I'm going with with the uh, the Green Bay Packers to go to the Super Bowl this year from the NFC. 
Oh, that's fine. Packers equals like Packers people... win. Oh, I feel like people pick the Packers to win the Super Bowl every year, and then they they like you know something. In every... You know what happens? They get injured every year. I hardly that's ever how... do. I that's can't remember the last time I, I I picked the Packers to go to the Super Bowl. So it's I mean, happening I have, now. I have the Packers winning the division, um, you know, largely on the basis of Aaron Rodgers' genius. That's obvious. But you know what? I'm going in a different direction because, the, look, again, Giants homer in me, whatever. I, I, Shermer called the plays for them last year, and, like, I thought their success was largely on the basis of their play calling. You look at, like, what Keenum did, what they did with Keelan and what they did with Biggs, like, those guys are good players, but, like, are they as good as their numbers were last year? No, I don't think, especially Thielen. I don't think, like, Adam Thielen is a top 10 NFL wide receiver. I'm sorry. I just don't believe that. I, I, I just – I think that their, their defense is in, in line for a little regression, and I think that they're going to be – they're going to be about an 8-18. Eight and 18. That, That's And so I actually do think that the Bears are going to be good enough. I, I, I like their new offense. I Yeah, I – I know, look, it's it's a lot to put on Trubisky's head in the second season. He was just okay this first season. But, like, the Bears were competitive in a lot of games last year. I think uh, adding Mack and that other linebacker they added, like, their defense was already 10th in the NFL last year. I think it'll take a jump to a top-five defense. And I like the signing of Allen Robinson. I thought, was, you know, he's been awesome for most of his career. And I think the Bears haven't had a good wide receiver. Like, the wide receivers that the Bears had last year were pathetic. And they signed Caleb Gabriel, who... You know, he's not a great, great wide receiver, but he's like, he's a down the field Martavis Bryant type of guy who can like, who can open up lanes for Allen Robinson underneath. I like what they did a lot in the offseason, and I think that they're going to sneak in and get that wild card. How about that? That's that is definitely a bold prediction right there. Chicago Bears just sneaking in just like yep. that. Khalil Mack, yep, making his presence known, making yes, some sir. plays down the stretch. All right, fair enough. Um, yep. This is the, the NFC for some reason just seems easier to pick this year for me. I, I don't know why. Maybe it's just I'm, I'm going chalk. I'm just taking the teams that have, so have sort of been around. But as we move to the South here, Calvin, again, I mean, it looks to me like it's a two-team race. Um, not that I don't buy into Cam Newton in Carolina, but I'm going New Orleans and Atlanta both to make the playoffs. I have to, I'd have to flip a coin right now if I to tell you which one was going to win the, the division. Uh, I think Kamara is a solid player, Alvin Kamara in, in New Orleans. Uh, and I, I think that uh, he's he's going to have a good season with Drew Brees, still proving that he's one of the top quarterbacks of all time, by the way, not just in the NFL right now. But th- that's another thing that maybe we can touch on for a minute or two. I think there's three or four quarterbacks in the NFL right now that should go down as some of the greatest in history. Brady, Rodgers, Brees, uh I don't know. Why is it slipping my mind? Um, even yeah, even uh, Philip Rivers, that's that's the name I'm trying to think of. Like they, Just because of the yeah, longevity man. of their careers, and I understand quarterback is different than it used to be, but that's just something that I think people should appreciate uh, when they're watching NFL games, because if you're going to watch the NFL, you should find something to appreciate, because we all know that so many people don't appreciate the NFL, myself included, but this is one thing about it that I do sort of look at and say, wow, this is pretty cool. We're, we're literally watching history when it comes to quarterbacks. No, I'm, I'm sorry. Philip Rivers can kick rocks in this conversation. Philip Rivers can <laughs> rocks, Philip Rivers. But the, but, the, but the other three dudes you named, I do want to focus on Breeze in particular because obviously Tom Brady gets all the credit because he's won you know, however many two Super Bowls or however many he's won. Um, Aaron Rodgers gets credit because he's the best actual quarterback in the NFL in yes. terms of like 
his his ability. But I feel like Drew, historically, we're sleeping on Drew Brees. Everyone mm-hmm. knows Drew Brees is good, but mm-hmm. you're right. Nobody ever talks about how Drew Brees is, is essentially one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Like, he's going, he's probably going to end his career with more passing yards than Peyton Manning or Dan Marino. And we don't even, we don't acknowledge his greatness just because he's, what, he's, he's by the way, he's won a Super Bowl as well. So he does, we don't even have that, like, we don't, there's no criticism to make of Drew Brees other than the fact that he's small. Yeah, yeah. Drew Brees to me. Calvin, so you, you mentioned passing yards. Who, do you think that he is, where do you think he is on the list right now? Do you know? Um, I would guess that he's third. He is third all time. Peyton Manning, Brett Favre, Drew Brees. Tom Brady is yeah. 4,000 yards behind Drew Brees. So let, let's get something straight here. While Tom Brady like, is going to be looked at as the greatest quarterback of all time because of his Super Bowl wins and longevity and the fact that he was always dominant in a division that was terrible, along with a great coach, a Hall of Fame coach, the athleticism that goes into being a quarterback in this league and throwing the football, you, you're looking at a guy like Drew Brees. That is the ultimate uh, longevity and, and passing type of guy. Aaron Rodgers has only thrown for 38,000 yards in 13 years. Drew Brees has been playing for 17 years, and he's doubled that, basically. So you got to give this guy credit. Yeah, I mean, in Rodgers' case, a lot of that was sitting behind Favre for several years of his career, right? Sure. And then and and, and also Right, I was about to say, but but that's another that's another point in Drew Brees' favor, though. Drew Brees is extremely, extremely durable. For a guy as small as he is, Drew Brees never gets hurt. You, what about that? You know what I mean? Like, this guy is so good, and we, we don't spend any time talking about it. And, I, yeah, I feel bad for him. And part of it, yeah, he's in a small media market. Part of it, like, like I said, is the fact that he's, like, his, his tangibles don't stand out the same way that certain other guys do. And you're right, uh, he, he has 4,000 more yards than Brady. But to be fair in, to Brady in that case, Brady was, like, he was more of a ball protection quarterback until Randy Moss got there in 2007. But, like, the offense is the, the Patriots used to sure. He's never That's aired it out. They get, a lot of, getting, they get a lot of yards after the catch and things like that, so he gets yeah. credit for those passing yards, too. Uh, they I'm do a lot saying, of dump-offs like, for 30 yards, etc. So Right. He, he had a lot of 2,700 in there. I agree with you there, but still, yeah. it raises the guy as far as current quarterbacks yeah. that, are, that are proving to be Hall of Famers uh, and, right. and aren't being talked about. I mean, Brady's talked about every day. Drew Brees, yep. I feel like, especially up here, nobody even drops his name, even if he's doing amazing right. things. And Drew, Drew Brees' best receiver ever was a tight end. So let's not, like, right. yeah, Jimmy Graham was good, but look what happened when Jimmy Graham left New Orleans. He's, a, he's essentially been just a guy. So, like, let's, let's give, like, yeah, Marquez, Marquez Colson was okay, right? And then he, oh, he was good while he was in New Orleans. The second he left, bust. Michael Thomas Michael Thomas is probably better than he is already. Michael Thomas is good, but like, like, I mean, you could say the same thing for Brady, but Brady has had Kronk, and Brady has had Randy Moss. So, yeah, give Drew Brees credit. That's all. Okay. Anyway. All right. So that yeah. was a little bit of a tangent. Now, do you are you giving him enough credit to say that he will win the division? Because I've just been pushed over the top. I'm going New Orleans division winner, Atlanta wild card. Oh yeah, one. I think Atlanta is going to be terrible. I want I want to pick the Panthers because I just had my fantasy draft and Cam Newton's going to be my quarterback, but I don't have faith in them. So no, I think their offense will be fine, um, but I don't think they're going to end up winning that many games. So I, I have uh, New Orleans as the only team coming out of that. Too. 
I, I gotta go Sunchalk, right? I'm going I'm going with some crazy yes. I gotta go. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. All right. So who cares about the wild card round? I've already said uh Packers Eagles in in the NFC championship and uh the Packers go to the Super Bowl. Uh I will say uh Patriots and Ravens in the AFC championship and the Patriots go to the Super Bowl. And I will uh I will take I will take the Green Bay Packers in the damn Super Bowl because I think the Pats get burned again. And I think it's Aaron Rodgers' year. That's the way I'm looking at this thing. I mean, I wasn't prepared for this, but just just a freelancing off the top of my head. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go, I'm gonna also go Patriots, but I'm gonna go Patriots Chargers, and the Chargers will fail again. And the Patriots will make the Super Bowl. And you know what? You know what, Ray? You know what? You know what, Ray? Screw it. <laughs> that's 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 what. I'm gonna go. I'm going to go Packers Giants. I'm going to have the Giants Patriots 3. How about that? Oh, oh, there he goes. All right. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And what? What is it? A a clean sweep? The Giants are going to take one, or are you going to have a little humility here? What's happening? Clean clean sweep, right? Clean sweep. All right. So I decided to not give my team the, uh, the victory in the Super Bowl, yet Calvin, out of nowhere, comes up with the Giants and the Patriots Round three, Eli Manning. He makes it to the Super Bowl in this situation. He actually wins the thing again, or you're gonna you're gonna bring in your young gun there. I don't even know what his damn name is. No, Eli Manning wins the Super Bowl with 127 passing yards and is declared MVP. I think this show is over. This is the worst troll job ever. This is this is unbelievable. Anyway, uh, there you have it. That's a, that's a prediction. Let's stamp that one and pull it back later. Even though. Well, maybe I'll just write it down right now. What time is it? All right. One hour and 19 minutes into the show on September 4th, 2018. Calvin picks Giants. All yeah, right. Nice. There you have it. Right. At least I, I feel like I picked a team that might actually make the Super Bowl, let alone the whatever anyway you, you, uh, look, look, you, you yeah, I'm all now look what, look what it happens to the to, to us patriots fans when you talk about the stupid giants you created a monster here i was all set to not pick them to make the playoffs at all <laughs> you shamed me right into this so this is your fault uh, oh uh, it's the homer in you then okay fine 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 fair enough that's that's allowed you can do that because i'm going to be doing it all basketball season so <clears throat> um that is one thing we actually didn't talk about tonight believe it or not a basketball free show Unless you want to say anything right now. Yeah, I got a couple of quick basketball thoughts. All right. So, yeah. So, I'm, I was watching this U.S. Open tennis match uh, earlier today. This guy, John Isner, is playing this other dude. And Isner in the second set, just like the heat, he, 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 he won the first set easily. In the second set, like, the heat just got to him and broke his will. And it was extremely fascinating for me to watch him sort of, he had to, like, when he wasn't serving, he basically had to give up on because he didn't even have the energy to, like, chase down balls. And it was interesting as sort of uh, a test of endurance and fitness and, like, the ability to thrive under bad conditions to see one guy sort of continue with his fitness and, and another guy basically have nothing left. And it made me feel like – and I know there was, there was one, what, one, like, game that was outdoors, right? Uh, a couple of years ago in the NBA, but I kind of feel like we should do that. We should have more games outside. 
Yeah, I, I think that was a Phoenix Suns game in the preseason at one point. They played it on a tennis court, ironically, or in a ten- tennis stadium, I should say. I want to see regular season basketball game, not the whole season. Give me like one out of every ten games. They've done that in uh, college. The NCAA has played on a, a carrier ship. That's right. Yeah. I don't just mean special occasions there. Maybe not 10. Maybe 10 games is too much. Eight games. And in those eight games, yeah, because, because I want to see, like, how guys play in the elements. And I realize it's not going to work ideally because the NFL is not – I mean, sorry, the NFL. The NBA is mostly not a summer sport. But you know what? Let me see what LeBron looks like in the snow. I'm ready for it. <laughs> Now you're getting a little extreme here. NBA takes no, the game outdoors and thrills turn to chills. Oh, turns out, you. you're head- turns you're out that you don't necessarily it. need double rims, chain nets, and a cement court for outdoor Ron Ball authenticity. This is from Mark Stein of ESPN oh. uh, 10 years ago on October 12th. So we're coming up on the 10-year anniversary of that preseason game. Uh, but it, basically the idea behind this article is that uh, – it was too late in the day. They had it at night, so it did get pretty cold there. And uh, I like I, all, all the players were, were worried about the cold. And it, all, all the way down to 64 degrees was, was the, the temperature that they were freaking out about. Who knows what the standard is in these NBA arenas, but at tip-off it says it was 70 degrees, and even though uh, earlier in the day it was in the hundreds there in Phoenix. Yeah, you know how ridiculous that sounds? We, no, not Phoenix. Can... Sorry, that was in Indian Wells. That was more – that was – maybe you know about Indian Wells. That was in California. Yes, Indian Wells is in California. It's out in the desert. So I guess Phoenix is not entirely – not uh, inaccurate. Inaccurate, rather. But, um, yeah, so, again, I want to see what these guys are like elements. Like, maybe – just psychologically, you, you imagine, especially like these pampered NBA players of all sports – Imagine telling an NFL guy, like, oh, uh, oh, I'm sorry, it's too cold to play, I guess. Like, you see with the hand warmers and, like, you watch the snow games every year. Like, those are some of my favorite games. And you watch those games in January where, like, the weather's just terrible and they have to trudge through these terrible conditions. You really see, like, the grit in certain teams. I think NBA players are too pampered, and I'd like to sort of mm. put them in certain conditions. Let me see what LeBron looks like dribbling through a hailstorm. That's all I want. All right. I mean, I could be down with this. I, I just think it's it's dangerous more for them because of the uh, the way that they they play the game. I mean, I guess you'd have to get different apparel. You'd have to let them wear different shoes. I don't want them slipping around and tearing their ACL or their Achilles because they slip on a on an ice ball. You'd have to give play them some sort of cleat, cleat mechanism. Yeah, cleats. cleats. Snow shoes. Play, play basketball with snow shoes. All right. Yeah. Right. That's fine. I mean, that oh, seems yeah. like a lot of money to, to have to pump into that stuff because you're not going to just have a hardwood court if you're going to be playing in the snow. You have to be able to change the court over too so you can be playing on turf or something like that. And how, how high – I mean, obviously guys aren't going to jump. They, maybe there's no dunking. We could probably pull this off. It just seems like there's a lot of money uh, to be spent in an endeavor like this. Oh, yeah. Before, before we go, Rory, can you um... – Really quickly play the celebration music for me. Oh, boy. Oh, I see. I know what you're doing here. Oh, crap. Where'd it yeah. go? Yeah, I know what you're doing here because the Lakers have done something, haven't they? The Lakers, the Lakers, the Lakers have, have done, done something. something. 
They've made they've made Calvin very happy. The Lakers have finally, finally, after years of trying, and Magic Johnson being asked about whether or not they'd, they'd be able to trade Luol Deng, and Magic Johnson laughing in the face of the reporter and saying, we wish, and so insulting a guy who's on the team. That's how little they think of Luol Deng. They finally, finally came to an agreement to buy him out. Instead of uh, the $26 million that they were going to have if Luol Deng was on the roster, which, let's be, let's be honest, they would have just stretched him anyway. Um, they they ended up well they ended up stretching him anyway but they they bought out some of his money so they they're gonna save a little bit of money on it um, they're gonna have I think thirty eight million next season to spend on whoever so hey that's a nice chunk of change right that is a nice chunk of change go. it's gonna help you yeah Luol's free to go wherever he wants which means the Timberwolves probably right um, someone will sign yeah. him though so for sure yeah so it's just good news for everybody. Most importantly, me. <laughs> you didn't. You really didn't like him, huh? I mean, I did. I like him or not like him. I just I haven't seen him in two years, so I don't know. I don't even know what he looks like now. Did you not like him because what he I, played for the British national team in the Olympics? No, I didn't. Li- I didn't like him because he was making uh, what nineteen million dollars, and again, he played a total of thirteen minutes last season. Thirteen. You just don't like. People from Britain. I, I mean, to be honest, I actually don't like people from Britain. But, oh, jeez, uh, I'm jo- but, just kidding. And we we started off this show on such a, a high note of, of equality and and uh, enjoying everyone's presence, and now here we are bashing people but, from Britain. But I think Luol Deng is actually not from Britain. I think he's like from Ghana, I believe. Uh, I'm gonna look that up. Right uh, now. He, I, he's <laughs> from South Sudan, but he is a br- British professional basketball player. He he definitely plays for the British national team. He he's he's a uh, a British citizen as well, dual citizenship for him. That's fine, but I personally, to, as to avoid uh, having a dislike for him, acknowledge him as being a, a Sudanese person. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. That's all you have to do. All right. That's all I have to anyway. do. I'm good. Uh, I don't know where that even came from. Anyway, uh, you're just happy he's gone. He was getting overpaid. Now he'll go play somewhere and not win a championship, just like LeBron will not win a championship this year. Uh, We can get into that at a later date. I don't know uh, what we're going to be doing next week, but the NBA season is coming up in a month. That's what I'm focused on, even though the NFL starts in two days. Uh, But we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get to that then. And enjoy your first week of NFL games, Calvin. I know you're probably going to be intently watching all of them. Definitely. I've already got uh, gambling action on about seven games, so I'm feeling good. <laughs> all right. Well, good luck to you. I hope it works out in your favor. Thanks, buddy. Hopefully we'll be back next week. Depends on Rory's mood, but we'll see. Depends on Rory's mood. Maybe it depends on if Calvin wins these these uh, bets or not and can pay his phone bill. How about that? That's a strong point. Fair enough. <laughs> Uh, good luck, sir. All right, man. Good night, everyone. <laughs>